Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. In those early days at the conferences, they had a thing called dueling windows, and they would invite the major manufacturers of screen readers to come together, sit in a room in front of a big audience, give them a list of tasks, and each company had to go through and demonstrate how they would accomplish that same task. You know, it was really, really competitive because we knew as manufacturers, we knew who some of those people were sitting in the room and the success of your company and your employees' ability to to make a living was going to be based on how well you could do in those presentations. And we'll take you through that journey from the early days of assistive technology up to now. We'll continue the conversation from last week with Eric Damery, Vice President of Software Product Management at Freedom Scientific, a Vispero company, about the evolution of assistive technology and his personal role in that evolution. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Eric Damery. If I had to pick another tip to talk about in JAWS, I think I would pick a feature that's been there for a while that lots of folks don't know about. Selecting a block of text while you're reading an email or a web page or in a Word document uh, can be done, obviously, by holding down the shift key in combination with either character, word, or line movement. But that isn't necessarily a nice way of navigating as you're trying to select. You kind of know where your selection wants to start, and you want to just move or read till you get to the point where you think you want to finish, and then you want to grab that section. And that's how a sighted person does it. They click the mouse at the top of it, and they drag it right through to the end of it where they see where it's going to finish selecting. So to do this in JAWS or in Fusion, if you move to the start location and you can drop a place marker right there uh, using control windows key K, you drop a place mark right there at the beginning of the selection. Then you continue reading through your document. You get to the end where you know you wanna select up to and you wanna mark that spot and you do it with insert space and the letter M to mark. And that instantly selects all the text between those two points. And then you can copy and paste it somewhere. Once you've done it once or twice, you'll get the hang of it and you'll always want to use it. You can use it in Word, Outlook, the internet. It works all over the place. It's a great tool. I have to thank you for reminding me about that one. You know, that's one of those shortcuts out of the many, many that there are that I know about, but I often forget about and I wind up doing it the awkward way you first described. So I'm going to start trying to do it more often this way now. It's a lot more and I And I want to add that feature into the voice assist so that if you're reading through a place, you can get to a certain point, you can give the wake-up word of Sharky, and you can say, start my selection, stop my selection. You know what I mean? You'd, yeah, you'd set the point and you'd get to the other point. You'd say stop and it'll just select it all. And so we've got to uh, we've got to build those kinds of things into that voice assist feature because I think that's how people will remember to use it. Yes. Yep. Great tip. Thank <laughs> you. That was helpful to me too. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm embarrassed that you're probably better at using JAWS than I am. <laughs> well, I, I think about the stuff all the time because that's what I'm supposed to be doing, and you're just struggling to try and get through <laughs> yeah, it all. Yeah, so. true. I'm usually yeah. struggling with some other program to work out how it <laughs> Yeah, the one program I don't hear him swearing about is JAWS. <laughs> that's what enables him to work with everything else. Uh, yep. Anyway. Eric mentioned the voice assist that's available for JAWS, and later in this episode, Pete will give a demonstration of some of the powerful capabilities it's got. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Eric. In last week's episode, he gave a much more full introduction to not only himself, but also his company, Freedom Scientific, a part of Vispero. So if you want to hear that, go back and listen to episode 2104. Eric, you've been with us on the show in the past, but for people who may not know you, can you introduce yourself? Sure. I'm uh, Eric Amory, and uh, I joined into this industry in 1994. I've served as the vice president of uh, software product management for Freedom Scientific, reaching back to when we were formed in 2000 and prior to that with Henter Joyce. And I served in several roles, business development, sales, and uh, just all around bottle washer back in the beginning. <laughs> You've done it all. I've been around I've for done, a long time. Yeah. I'm, I always tell people I'm the old guy in the company, but I'm not the oldest guy in the company. <laughs> <laughs> Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is the evolution of access technology and Eric Damery's role in that evolution. And if you want to hear more, come back and listen to last week's episode, 2104. So you started out going to people's houses, basically, selling equipment. But these days, there are many different options for people to see different types of equipment, how do you feel that the trade show situation has evolved over the years? We had a lots of small dealers back in those early days, too. And the dealers knew their customers and found their customers in their local communities. Today, there are less of these small dealers. Um, the mom and pop businesses have really kind of gone away and they've been replaced by bigger companies. But we as a company have gone out to trade shows and trade shows were a very, very important part of this industry. I think CSUN is the big technology show that's happened in the March timeframe on the West coast. It's really the biggest international show for visually impaired people, I think. And it's really focused on blindness technology. Um, Closing the Gap was the other big show back in the 90s for us, but that one really went the way of education and uh, less about blindness and more about um, other disabilities. 
it was a regional show up in Minnesota and it still happens today. And I, I always loved that show. We used to go to that one and big organizations would come to that. The ONCE organization in Spain, which is the, uh, if you're visually impaired in, in, the, in the country of Spain, you join this organization ONCE and they settled on JAWS for Windows as the screen reader for that country back in the 90s. And I remember we struck the deal at the Closing the Gap convention. The guy used to come over uh, from Spain to go to that show. And of course, the NFB convention and the ACB convention to a lesser extent over the years had been very important shows for us. I still love my opportunity to be able to be at those conventions in the summertime. They always had them around the 4th of July. The NFB convention could be 2,000 to 3,000 attendees and um, lots of friends because we, we see some of the same people every year that go to that convention. And we, we always have good get together with user group meetings during the conference and go over the product and answer questions. So that, that was a lot of fun. And then there are other important shows in Europe, Site uh, Village in the UK, Site City in Germany. Uh, those, there's another conference in, in Reha up in Dusseldorf, which was an important one for uh, people to learn about what's being developed as far as screen readers and screen magnifiers and so forth. So that's where we meet a lot of the the folks and a lot of people go to those conventions. So we were talking to somebody else a few weeks ago and he was commenting that back in the day they'd have to haul all this really heavy equipment and you know you think about the old CCTV systems that weighed as much as a refrigerator and were almost as big and these days so many of these devices are way more powerful but much smaller and lighter i assume you've experienced that too oh i traveling and i could remember in the 1990s when i would travel around the country i had a tower computer with a handle attached to the top of the thing and i would carry it onto the airplane and then i'd bend down with one arm swing it up to put it into the overhead and, <laughs> and and when I would go from city to city you know we do it with our suitcases well I would be on and off planes all the time and I would be lifting that thing up and I can remember 1996 we were moving from a condo into our first house in Safety Harbor Florida and right before the day of that move, my muscles in my back went out. And it was just because I had just come back from a trip of doing that lift with that computer up and down. And uh, I had pulled muscles in my back and I, I couldn't walk. So we moved and I had to sit and watch people move our stuff into the house. I, I And it was carrying that heavy equipment around. Oh, how frustrating. Oh, it was. You talked about how these conferences and conventions have proliferated over the years and gotten really big and a great way of connecting with people. But there's also been a lot of other changes in the assistive technology field over the years. As I mentioned earlier, when I first started using JAWS, there were a number of options. Not all of them were very good, but there's been a lot of consolidation over the years as well as another raft of products like narrator and voiceover that are now built into operating systems. And I'm wondering, you know, what your feelings are about some of those changes. 
Yeah, well, when there were a lot of choices, unfortunately, it just segmented the market. And so it made it difficult for any of those companies, I think, to really do a good job. So we needed some consolidation in order to, to get a big enough market for a company like Henry Joyce at the time to grow. And, and I can remember as like the first Windows screen reader, I think really that people tried to use was uh, the one that David Kostishian had done from Canada, Window Bridge. Oh, I tried that one, yes. That was close yeah. to working. Yes, that was, I think, one of the pioneers. That was really the first one that kind of should have given people hope. And uh, Glenn Gordon actually used Window Bridge himself as he was trying to learn how to use Windows to know how things were supposed to work as he was working on the development of JAWS. So it was Window Bridge was the one he was using in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then there were a few others, Outspoken had a different uh, approach to doing things. And I tried that and, also. Uh, screen Power, which was uh, Telesensory's uh, take on the Virgo screen reader from Baum. Now, I understand in the early days of screen reader development, there were also some interesting screen reader competitions at some of these conferences. Tell us about some of those. In those early days, at the conferences, they had a thing called Dueling Windows. It was started by Mark Nelson and um, Greg Meisner. And they put on this Dueling Windows at the conferences, and they would invite the major manufacturers of screen readers to come together, sit in a room in front of a big audience, give them a, a list of tasks, and each company had to go through and demonstrate how they would accomplish that same task. That must have been fun. To see how things would work. That was very stressful. And, you know, it was really, really competitive because we knew as manufacturers, we knew who some of those people were sitting in the room and the success of your company and your employees' ability to, to make a living was going to be based on how well you could do in those presentations. And uh, we had Ted do some of them. We didn't want to, I didn't go up and do it because we, it was important to have a blind person demonstrating it. Whether or not I could see a screen didn't matter. It was the perception. So yes. we wanted to make sure a blind person was doing it. And we had Ted do it. Uh, he got mad at one point, I remember, and we had to pull him out of there and we put Glenn up and, uh, and Glenn did a great job, but, uh, we actually did really well with JAWS. Um, those dueling windows events turned out to be the turning point, I think, because I know that the, the board in Texas that makes decisions on what products are going to be used they were sitting in on those presentations and they settled on JAWS for Windows early on. And so how Texas goes, a lot of the country went back then. Yes. So we were successfully sold into Texas because of the dueling Windows event and lots of other states followed suit because of that. And I guess that's a big part of your market is selling through state and government agencies. It is. It definitely is. I mean, for years individuals did not spend much of their own money. It was all done through government agencies or state agencies. Today, with our home use program in the United States, it's amazing. There's so many thousands of people 
who are paying for the ability to use this software at home. And, and it's a great encouragement to me that, you know, people are willing to, you know, it doesn't cost much. It's less than a hundred bucks a year, but they're willing to put that money out of their pocket. Even while there's free options out there that they could be using, they trust our company. They like our support and we're trying to put new features in all the time to make it beneficial for them. And, uh, and they've embraced the software and they continue to purchase it. And we really relish that. We've mentioned this a couple of times earlier this year on the show that when all of a sudden lots of people wound up having to work from home and blind employees maybe had jaws at work but not at home, that you guys offered free licenses to use at home. Yep. What a game changer. Thank you. It made a big difference. And, and you know, we came back from CSUN and I, I forget who, I think it was Matt Ader who said, you know, we ought to roll something out for everybody. And we sat down when we came back from CSUN. Uh, no one went back to the office. We were, we were done. That was on March 13th. It was Friday the 13th that, uh, that we left that conference and uh, we all went home and no one went back to the office but we decided we need to put software out there for free and we went to work on the portal and within two weeks we had an offering out there that anyone in the united states with an email address could get access to our software and it got extended all the way through the end of august i think it's a nice concept that you have instituted the past year or so that people can now get some of these products on a subscription basis because, mm -hmm. you know, let's face it, some of these access technologies are rather expensive and people can't all of a sudden plunk down that amount of money, but to pay a hundred dollars a year for complete access to, you know, your computer, email, internet, and all that is very important. And the tech support, tech support's important. You know, the tech support of Freedom Scientific is unbelievable. And some of the folks that are doing that work there have been with us for 10, 15, 20 years. And uh, we process hundreds and hundreds of calls every day from people calling in. A lot of times it's just there's a new version out. They're going to install it, but they would rather have someone holding their hand while they're doing it. Yes. And and they call support and the support people answer those calls and, and help them out. And they do an awful lot of good for a lot of folks. Yeah. And those are some of the differences between free software and programs like JAWS that people don't readily see. They initially look at the cost and say, oh, that's the big difference. But, you know, just in terms of the script support for various applications that JAWS does, I use voiceover on my iPhone, but I would never use a Mac. Although a lot of it is accessible, it's not very efficient to use some of these things because they don't have that same scripting capability. They haven't customized the use of these applications for the blind with a screen reader. Right. The customization and then, and then the added benefit of making sure that you have access to eloquence, you have access to vocalizer expressive at no extra fee, you have the OCR built into it. And then the artificial intelligence stuff now with Picture Smart and Voice Assist. Those are all services that are paid for services that we have to fund um, as you know, every time you make a voice command or every time you send a picture to the cloud to get it processed, there are fees associated with that stuff. And, and that's all built into the cost of the screen reader, so. 
I think that's a pretty neat feature, the ability to recognize pictures and tell you what they're about. I get a lot of emails from friends with pictures. Hey, look at this. And mm -hmm. Jaws does a pretty good job of telling me what's in there. Yep. How did it do with Frank's photograph of the Christmas tree decorated with face masks? <laughs> I haven't tried that one yet. <laughs> yeah, it probably doesn't get the face mask. But Not when they're hanging sideways on a Christmas tree. That's right. <laughs> I'm always impressed with the number and types of new features you manage to introduce each year. I look at Jaws every year and I say, wow, you know, it's pretty good now. What could they possibly add to make it better? And somehow you keep finding new ways of improving it. Well, if you could be a fly on the wall when we're talking about what we want to do, the list is unbelievable. We've got, you know, 30, 40 items and we know we can't do but eight or 10 of these things next year. We've got so many things that we're not going to get to. Uh, it's frustrating. Oh, I'll bet. And, yeah, you can come yeah. up with tons of ideas, but it takes a lot of development effort to yes. put them into practice robustly. It really does. And yeah, and you have to, you can't, you got to put it in and make sure that that robustly is really important, that it isn't going to break down and that it's going to continue to uh, work in the future and that it makes sense. Yes. Yep. And here's Pete demonstrating voice assist for JAWS that currently works in English, Dutch, German, Spanish, French, and other languages. I thought that since Eric mentioned the voice assist feature in his tip, that I'd give a little demonstration of how the feature actually worked. So let's try this. Sharky. What time is it? 4.34 p.m. So that's kind of cute. But now if you really want to get started with the feature, you probably want to ask for help the first time. And if I do that, Sharky. Help. JAWS 2021 help contents page. Preview horizontal book open one item. And this brings up the JAWS help topic on the speech assistant. And there's a list of topics here, but it places me on the proper one. And if I hit F6, I'll be in the pane with all the documentation about this feature and how to use it with some of its commands. F6, voice assistant, eight headings and four links. Voice assistant, heading level one, voice assistant. Same page link, skip the voice commands. The voice assistant provides a way to interact with JAWS and Windows 10 using speech input. So supported. Now I hit control to stop the speech. It told me there were eight headings on the page and a bunch of tables. Let's see what I can do with speech. Sharky. List tables. Select a table dialog. List one, list view. Voice commands for general use. 2x27, one of six. And this brings up a list of six tables. If I down arrow through the list, I'll hear. JAWS voice commands for use on web pages. 2x6, two of six. This is how I can use the speech assistant on web pages. JAWS voice commands for displaying lists of elements in Microsoft Word documents, 2x9, 3 of 6. How to use it to navigate through Word documents. Voice commands for navigating in Microsoft Word documents, 2x33, 4 of 6. Voice commands for general navigation in Microsoft Outlook, 2x6, 5 of 6. Voice commands for navigating messages in Microsoft Outlook, 2x8, 6 of 6. And as you see, there's several other tables listing commands for how to use the various applications and navigate with your voice. So let's try this on a web page, for example. Alt-Tab, Freedom Scientific N-I-Quality Video Magnifiers, Braille Displays, Screen Magnification Software, and Number One Screen Reader, JAWS-Google Chrome. 
So I just performed an alt tab where I already had the web page for Freedom Scientific opened. So let's see what we can do on this page. Sharky. List links. Links list dialog. Links list view. Skip the content. One of 57. So there are 57 links in this list. And again, I can arrow through them. I'll hit the down arrow. Freedom Scientific. Two of 57. One left parent, 800 right parent, 444-4443, 3 of 57. Home, 4 of 57. Products, 5 of 57. Software, 6 of 57. And as you can see, I can easily go through the links to see which link I want to navigate to. I can also navigate through the links by hitting first letter navigation. Let's hit escape to get out of the lists of links. Escape. Sharky. List headings. Heading list dialog. Headings list view. COVID-19 update colon one. One of nine. Similarly, I can navigate through the headings by hitting the down arrow or using first letter navigation. Let's hit the down arrow. Empowering independence colon two. Two of nine. Software solutions colon two. Three of nine. Low vision solutions colon two. Four of nine. Blindness solutions colon two. Five of nine. And you can hear that there are headings for low vision solutions, blindness solutions. Upcoming events colon three. Six of nine events hosted by Freedom Scientific, etc. So that'll get you started with using the feature. Just use that special name and you can use these various functions. I'm sure Freedom Scientific will be expanding on the available list of functions in the future, as Eric mentioned. So just to end this, Sharky, tell me a joke. What is an alien's favorite computer key? The space key. <laughs> You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about Vispero, Freedom Scientific, and their products, and how to contact Eric Damery directly. So you can reach Freedom Scientific or Vispero. You can use either one of them, freedomscientific.com or Vispero, V-I-S-P-E-R-O.com and get to our web pages. Um, you can write to me directly, E Damery, E-D-A-M-E-R-Y at Vespero.com. And uh, we look forward to talking with you folks again. Is there a phone number people can use? Oh, yes. In the United States, you can use an 800 number, 800-444-4443, or from anywhere else, 727-803-8000. And do you have a social media presence? We are on social media. If you go into Facebook, you can just search for Freedom Scientific. And on Twitter, it's at Freedom Sci, S-C-I. In case you missed any of that, look in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you'd like to learn more about the history of Freedom Scientific and the companies JAWS, Blazy Engineering, and Arkenstone, which formed Freedom Scientific in the early 2000s, we'll have links to several episodes of Eyes on Success where we talked with the founder of those three companies, Ted Henter, Dean Blazy, and Jim Fruchtemann, respectively. So check out those show notes if you want to hear some fun stories. There was even one episode where we interviewed all three of those founders for a very fun reunion. 
That's it for show number 2105. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about Apple's commitment to accessibility and some of the new products and features that they have released. We'll speak with Dean Hudson, an accessibility evangelist on Apple's accessibility team. And we hope you'll join us all next week for that episode. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy, and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.